Welcome to the new and improved Configure It Done podcast. The Configure It Done podcast is now a place where we interview senior thought leaders in the SAP space across Australia and New Zealand. And the aim is to tap into their knowledge so we can pass on their insights to the listening SAP community. Please subscribe to the podcast and like, share and comment across Castos, YouTube, Apple Podcasts or Spotify. This podcast is in partnership with the Black Dog Institute, who aim to create a mentally healthier world for everyone. If you wish to donate to the cause, please click the link below. Welcome, welcome to Season 7, Episode 9 of the uh, Configure It Done podcast. Um, I've got my colleague, Chris, uh, with me again. And uh, Chris, you've got a fantastic guest today. Yeah, we've got uh, Mark O'Brien here from, from Cidic Mining over in Perth. Mark was uh, recommended to us from by uh, Karen Swizzler from the SOG Summit, um, the SAP user group. So really, really glad to have to have Mark on, on today. Thanks for coming. No, very welcome. Good to chat. Excellent. Now, Marco, obviously we, we met before um, and we're going to be discussing a, a topic that's close close to your heart and you've got a lot of knowledge. And I think you've actually spoke at the, the SOG Summit about the topic of uh, AI. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. I mean, um, I've had a long interest in AI. I was fortunate enough to sort of study uh, study it way back uh, when it was a hot topic, you know, a few decades back, and then um, and then sort of kept up with it. It's it's obviously morphed into something slightly different from what it was in the eighties, uh, you know, but exciting and, and and a lot of progress has been made in 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 many ways, and probably not a lot of progress in other ways. So it's kind of an interesting technology, but but uh, I think we we are. It's obviously become a very big hot topic now, and uh, you know a lot of stuff going on. So, so definitely, yeah, it's a it's an area that I, I spend a bit of time thinking about. And um, as we were chatting about uh, before, uh, just working on a PhD actually in my in my spare time, ever diminishing spare time around uh, AI and ethics is kind of an area that interested me uh, quite early on. Just uh, con- seeing some of the possible challenges and things that um, were going to be an issue with uh, the way we use some of these technologies. Yeah, I know we were speaking before and there's a there's a lot. It is a buzzword. It's a hot topic in the market um, at the minute. And um, I know you were keen to focus on what are some of the, the common misconceptions, because, again, there's a lot of fear out there as well. And people think they're going to lose their jobs to, to AI. But if you can go over, I guess, yeah, Mark, some of the, the common misconceptions with AI, that would be brilliant. Yeah, look, I think you're right. It's uh, uh, the stacks of hype. and. Um, uh, I think the stacks of hype. There's also a lot of people who don't really understand the technologies, especially as they currently have shaped up. Uh, and and I think you know, I suppose my biggest concern that I have in general is that you know some of the AI is not that clever. Um, and and I think also you know it, it does have some some constraints to how clever it can be. It's very very good at certain things. There's no doubt about that. And so there are there are clearly uses for it that are going to be you know and, and are outstanding and very very helpful but there are other ways in which it is um i guess best understood as something which is quite narrow in terms of some of the problems it solves and um and yet most of people's fears are sort of around this general type intelligence piece you know of feet you know kind of you you terminate a type um, I mean, unfortunately most of the most of the sort of the stereotypical ideas that we have about ai sort of come from movies fiction which yeah. um, which you know some people might argue that 
fiction sometimes paints the future for us. But I think the reality is we, we're a very, very long way, if at all, you know, to develop some of those types of um, systems that we might see in some movies. So, so I think that doesn't help because people have sort of these these really poor uh, understandings of what the technology is and what it can achieve, and and that does drive some fear. And also perhaps some unrealistic expectations of what, what you what you can get with the technology. So, so I think that's you know in, in general terms, those are the things that you have to sort of grapple with when you're sort of wading through some of the hype uh, around AI. You, yeah. you mentioned there around um, AI not being that clever. I mean, when I when I use some of the like ChatGPT for instance, or some forms of AI, I think they're well, I think it's like that's genius. Like, what, what, can you yeah dig a bit deeper in what you mean about it's not clever? Yeah. Yeah, look, I think um, AI is, you know, and I guess I like to differentiate and, and say, you know, uh, in, in in reality, most of what is labeled AI today is machine learning, right? There, there, there are some other approaches to AI, which some, you know, you might hear the, the term AGI, artificial general intelligence. And, and, you know, that's this idea of something being, you know, generally intelligent in the kind of ways that humans are, or maybe surpassing human intelligence in that way. Machine learning is really quite different. It's quite narrow. It's it's basically advanced maths and stats applied to empirical data to 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 um, model up very specific scenarios and do that incredibly well. So you know when I pick up my phone and I look at it, the security feature that recognizes my face and says, "Oh, that's who it is." You're allowed to look at this phone. I mean, that's incredible, right? That that and that happens so fast that it's really astounding. That's a incredible use of the technology. Um, we, we use these sorts of things in a lot of ways, but it's very narrow. You know, what it does and what it does there is excellent. What it may be, there's a lot of, lots of things it can't do very well. Uh, and, uh, and certainly uh, trying to create something that's generally intelligent across a lot of different domains and problem sets is, is much more difficult. You know, so those are some of the challenges that lie ahead for people trying to figure out, you know, how this, um, how this stuff works. And, you know, I think an indicator should be an indicator to most people around how not clever some of this is, is that, you know, the job of the future apparently a few months ago was, a, you know, a prompt engineer. And I sort of think, well, doesn't that give you the clue that actually the AI is not that clever if you have to be very clever about the way you ask questions to get good answers? I mean, I mean, if you ask me a question and it's a stupid question, you know, I don't I don't just go, hey, Jay, you asked me a dumbass question. I'm going to give you a stupid response. There you go. I don't do that, right? I mean, I'm intelligent enough to go. I think Jay might have meant this, you know. So I'll, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll try and intuit where you were going with that and try and give you a, a clever answer to that question. The fact that ChatGPT can't do that. If you ask it a dumb question and it gives you a dumb answer, well, that's that's you know that's that's the way it is. And then you've got to ask smarter questions or interrogate it in cleverer ways to sort of try and get what you want out of it. Now, I think that that to me is just also you know one of those little indicators of the technology. Uh, what it actually does and what it doesn't do. Uh, and so it's very clever at certain things, but other things not so much. So I think that's it's part of the journey is figuring out what, you know, what the value is and what it isn't. Uh, and I think that's going to be, you know, one of the things that we need to do as we as we go through into the future. Yeah, sure. That, that's that's really interesting, Mark. Um, it's definitely a good way of, of looking at it. But I guess in terms of the next five years with, with AI, what, what's a realistic prediction or, or you know, what did the next five years look like in your opinion? Um, yeah, look, uh, I think it's a, 
any kind of prognostications like this get kind of interesting because um, there is such a well, sometimes I feel like we shoot too low and things really surpass where we think they might go. And then in some ways we, we don't go too far at all. Uh, I think, I think we'll, we'll see more sophisticated machine learning type stuff for sure. Uh, uh, definitely all of the companies working on some of these are coming up with new techniques and new approaches to, to make uh, some of the systems smarter and more interesting. I think one of the things that we've definitely seen in the last year or so, particularly with the chat GPT phenomenon, is the uh, ability to shape a tool that it was very accessible for people. Um, before that, uh, you know, a lot of these large language models, they, they, they're actually not new technology. They've been around for quite a long time. Um, it's just that there have, been, there have been one or two advancements to make them a bit better. But I think the, the the big the big killer feature really of ChatGPT was creating it as a chat engine where you could you know just like use your thumbs and punch in questions and get answers right. So I think that publicly kind of accessible accessible bit I think was a big innovation, and we'll probably see a bit more of that kind of um, uh, exposure of the tools to people in ways that are really usable like that. Um, I have a theory. I mean, I could be wrong on this, but my 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 hunch, just looking at the trajectory of some of this stuff, is that um, uh, I have a, a well. I think I coined the term, but you know, I could be wrong on that. There's probably somebody else out there cleverer and faster than me. But uh, AI is infrastructure. I think, like a lot of infrastructure, where you just uh, don't see it anymore. It's just there and it does its thing. You know, you plug something into the wall and you get power, and then, you know, you flush. That toilet and stuff happens, and you don't know anything about what happens on the other side. It just all happens. I think. I think AI to me is going to probably slowly, I think, seep into the background, uh, and not be quite as foregrounded. But it'll be doing some cool stuff behind the scenes, and we'll just we'll just assume it's there and doing its thing. And and it ultimately, it'll make products better. I still think vendors and people will, you know. Put big stickers with AI on them because it, it's still a still a hype piece for a while, and and a, a selling feature, I guess. But as more and more, um, I mean, no one no one buys a phone because it's AI enabled. But the fact is, is an iPhone. Almost every piece of the, the software in, in it has AI baked into it. In fact, Apple spent a huge amount of money building their own their own chipset to enable machine learning uh, on the platform. And, and, and pretty much all the you know, manufacturers of phones have done that. So AI is baked into your phone. It's just no one's putting a big label saying, oh, this is an AI special phone. You know? So I think it'll sort of go that route. Um, that's my hunch, that it'll slowly uh, background a bit um, and become, you know, I guess, more ubiquitous in terms of where, it's, where, where we find it. But probably we will notice it less and less in some respects. So it almost becomes kind of normalized and not a buzzword, basically. Yeah, I mean, you know, so you know, one of the things people often ask me is, "Oh, you know, is your is your mining company doing anything with AI?" And I'm like, "Yes, of course," and so is yours. And then, what do you mean? You know, we don't have a team working on AI. And I go, "You don't need to. Every one of your vendors is AI baked into their tools, right? From all the way from from uh, from pit to port, as we would say. There's all the way through that. There are systems that optimize. There are systems that are monitoring. There are systems that are doing health." Uh, health uh, type stuff on on different pieces of equipment. Um, there are safety systems. There's just a lot of stuff where machine learning is baked into them, right? So, so it's everywhere. Or you know, every cybersecurity 
uh, type tool and platform has machine learning in it. Uh, you know, it, there's just a lot of that already happening. Vendors are uh, doing it because it makes better products. And um, the reality is you just don't see it. Mm. But I would say every mining company is heavily invested in AI. They just don't know it. So, so focusing on that, obviously, you, you come from the mining industry. I think you've just recently done talks um, at mining conferences. But um, like, where do you see uh, the mining industry using AI and where, where they're going to take it? Well, look, mining, like a lot of um, manufacturing type uh, endeavors, has a lot of moving parts. Um, they're you know, a system of systems. Uh, there's a lot of things to optimize. Uh, so, you know, right across our whole uh, value chain, there's a lot of a lot of places where there's optimization going on. There's a lot of monitoring of equipment going on. And, and you know, these are things where things like machine learning um, tools that use machine learning can do an exceptional job far better than any human. Uh, you know, we have trucks, massive ultra class trucks that are pushing out massive amounts of data, you know, across a number of channels on all the various subcomponents. And we're able to monitor all that stuff and keep an eye on it and, and correlate that data, build models that tell us that if, you know, these four things start to do interesting things, maybe there's a problem. Um, so those are things that humans can't do very well. But machine learning algorithms are exceptional at that. It's very narrow, as I said earlier, but it's it, it's an exceptional value piece if you can if you can uh, figure out that something's not going very well uh, real time in a real time kind of way like that. That's, you know, so we definitely see those kinds of um, predictive maintenance type um, solutions happening. We also, uh, I guess, um, is a lot of safety systems now, a lot of monitoring of CCTV. You know, are people in places where they shouldn't be? Uh, I think there'll be more systems coming along that sort of um, uh, very easily say, uh, you know, someone wearing the right PPE in certain places and we can pick that out uh, or stop systems in time to prevent um, harm and injury. There's a lot of a lot of machine learning are going into exploration. Uh, you know, in the past, people would look at drilling data and things like this and try and, you know, assess this stuff uh, themselves manually. Now we're seeing a lot of systems that actually can take drill cores and and uh, and, and uh, clusters of, of, of exploration data and actually begin to process it in very, uh, very advanced ways that, that are, you know, showing that, for instance, you can drill a lot less holes. Drilling holes is very expensive. But if you can get the same kind of uh, insights over what's going on with fewer holes and mm-hmm. um, and, and better better outputs from the data that you're collecting, then you know these are these are all high value kind of ways in which we're using you know these kinds of technologies. So really, it's everywhere, right from exploration right through to optimizing shipping. You know, at the other end of the of the pipeline. Sure, that's that's really interesting um but from from an sap perspective mark like how can sap customers integrate ai to, to benefit their business yeah look i think um uh sap is like a lot of a lot of uh vendors uh, i mean you know they're they're talking a lot about ai in in their products and I th- look that's a good thing uh, i think i've seen some really good use cases here and there of of ways in which it's being used to, um, I guess, um, take um, take large amounts of data and do some kind of intelligent processing on it to give insights out of that. Uh, the whole data and analytics piece, I think, you know, is a huge thing. For years, we were collecting a lot of data, but not really uh, able to to make good use of it. And I think um, SAP for most companies is a huge repository of, of interesting data that that you know, whether it's 
warehousing data or customer data or whatever. I think um, uh, SAP is well placed to to apply some of these technologies to those types of problems. We've got, mm-hmm. you know, we've got our own systems here where we, uh, you know, we used to have to sort of manually take people's um, credentials and other um, uh, other certifications and things like this to put into a learning management system so we can make sure people actually are qualified and able to do the jobs they're meant to be doing in a safe way. You know, that all used to be handled pretty manually. Now we've got a system where we can people can submit that stuff and the system basically slopes that in, analyzes the driver's license uh, imagery and all this and, and takes all that data and puts it in the right places. So, you know, these are all pretty useful things and, and there's a lot of similar types of use cases to that. Um, but I think, uh, you know, and this is one thing where SORG, I'm, I'm part of a, a subgroup now uh, within the SORG entity that's looking to focus on AI and you know, one of the things that we're, we're wanting to push SAP and other vendors around is to say, be more clear around where this, don't just use AI as a, a, a selling label, mm. but actually let's let's kind of really understand where that's adding value and, and uh, kind of paint the pictures a bit more. But ultimately, as I said earlier, I think what will happen is sort of the AI um, sticker will disappear, disappear a bit, excuse me, and um, uh, the tools will just be better because they're using machine learning you know, behind the scenes to get faster results and more insights or, or help you with things in, in more efficient ways than you can do yourself. So I think, you know, ultimately that's going to be where we see that stuff. Anywhere where there's data, right, um, whether it's a truck or whether it's, you know, your your ERP, I think that's where that's where uh, machine learning has a huge role to play. Sure, sure. So, Mark, you've you've obviously got a lot a lot of knowledge in in this space, and it's it's kind of a, a topic that's close to your heart. But if um if someone wanted to learn more about AI, um, how do they best educate themselves? Yeah, you know, look, that's an interesting question. Um, I I kind of I kind of used to think that 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 was actually quite an important thing for people to sort of um, dig into, try and understand, you know. Um, given given the amount of hype, you know, to really dig into these things, try and understand them more. I, I, I think the, the 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 challenge with that is some of this stuff is quite difficult to really understand. And and frankly, there's some nice academic papers written about the fact that even with the the chat GPT type tools, that even the developers don't really understand um, how they work in terms of the neural networks. So wow. so. There's one nice paper where basically, you know, they're they're uh, articulating the 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 idea that essentially when 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 developers try and fix problems that are there, they get interesting results. So even trying to just um, you know make some tweaks and modify what what it seems like undesirable behavior gets some stuff you didn't quite expect on the other side. So so that's part of the mystery with some of these. With some of these machine learning uh, algorithms, particularly the ones based on deep learning type approaches, uh, neural networks, where basically a lot of what happens in that in that process of building the model is is pretty dark and mysterious, and that's a big problem actually because it's, it kind of diminishes the explainability fact. How did you come up with this answer? Well, it's really unclear. The answer seems right most of the time, but occasionally it's going to be wrong, and you don't know why it's wrong. What, what didn't it get about this particular loan application or something where it knocked it back, but, you know, did all the right things over here or or whatever. Now, some of that might be to do with data, data bias and other things. You know, data is obviously a key, a key factor here in terms of the accuracy of these things. But I guess all that to just say that a lot of these algorithms are kind of unexplained 
sort of black boxes where a lot of stuff happens that we're not quite sure of how we get the the results that are pretty good most of the time, but maybe sometimes not so good. So I used to think, well, education is a key bit, but that that is a bit difficult because some of this stuff's quite complex. I think I'm moving to the point now of thinking, okay, you know, um, uh, maybe trying to educate yourself. I mean, some people might find it interesting. So, and I think it is quite interesting. Some of it. So, definitely don't 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 hold that hold back if you feel like that's an area you want to dig around in. But I think I think what I'm sort of seeing now more is encouraging people to just experiment. You know, take a tool like ChatGPT, play with it, go into it with the expectation that it is a tool. It's not a perfect tool. It won't do everything, no matter what people are telling you. So experiment and play with it and kind of get a feel for, you know, where does this thing actually add value and where does it do some cool things and helpful things and and also realize where it's not good and sort of refine the way that you use some of these tools to get good value because at the end of the day, they're just tools, right? And um, and I've noticed even my own usage of chat GPT, you know, when it first came out, I, I sort of jumped in, I was trying lots of stuff. Some stuff was excellent. Some stuff was pretty mediocre in terms of what I've got back. Um, and, and that kind of made me think, well, okay, I, I'll use it for some of these types of uses, but for this sort of stuff, not so much, you know, it's, it's, it's not going to, it's not going to give me what I'm, what I'm after. Maybe there's another tool that does right. But, uh, and some tools, you know, there are, there are, uh, there are a range of different tools that some of them are definitely better than others, just depending on how they've been put together. Um, so I think I think it's an experimentation thing. I would say is probably where I would go with it is to say you don't necessarily need to understand um, the tools 100%, but play around and actually get a feel for which ones give you good outcomes and which ones don't, and be be uh, you know discerning and judicious around around them as you would with anything else. I don't know if I should be should be scared, Mark, or uh, embrace it. What, what do you think? Oh look, I think it's like any new technology that comes along. Um, you know, uh, people sort of uh, it freaks people out a little bit initially, but I think I think the reality is is that uh, you know these things aren't going away. They will become you know more and more sort of embedded in 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 um, the workplace and and our and our general workday lives. So I think it it's it's probably worth you know figuring out how to use them. I mean, it's like. I always, I kind of think of of it a bit like this, you know. I mean, I used to, you, know, you, you guys are too young to remember when having little map books to get around the place, you know, when you didn't know how to get from A to B and you'd have this little, like little directory thing with maps in it. You, you know, you'd basically peel back and look at pages and figure out where you were going and how you were going to get to A to B. You know, Google comes along, a lot of people sort of, oh, I don't know, I don't trust it, you know. But I mean, nowadays, even if I'm taking a relatively short journey, I'll still whack it into into Google on my in my car. And I remember my dad saying to me, "Why are you doing that? You know the way to go." And I go, "Yeah, but it gives me all this traffic data, you know." So, so yes, I know where I'm going. I don't need Google to tell me that, but it's giving me a lot of value add stuff. That's it's kind of good, you know. If 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 there's an issue with traffic suddenly, you know, it'll take me down another path and give me some insights around that now. You know, so there are ways in which these things do change the way we behave and and make decisions and inform, you know, inf- you know, kind of add to our lives in interesting ways that you know go back a few years and you'd think, well, that's kind of crazy, but but it is. It's kind of the reality now where we did we tend to just do that without even thinking, right? And I think a lot of these tools are going to be like that, where we initially maybe a bit skeptical, 
there's no doubt to trust is a key aspect with AI systems. Um, uh, you know, because I guess you, if you keep in mind that one of the fundamental things that machine learning algorithms are really doing is predicting things mm. uh, in a whole range of ways, whether it's predicting your traffic best outcomes or whether it's predicting based on a prompt that you put in what the right response is uh, out of a chat GPT thing or whether it's predicting that, you know, there's five things that are looking interesting on this machine and in 72 hours it's going to break. Now, all of those things require a certain level of trust and validation. Mm-hmm. To kind of feel like you know I'm gonna I'm gonna use this as a decision support tool of some description in my mm. life, mm. whether it's just to guide me from A to B or or actually to take a multi million dollar asset offline so I can take a look at it more carefully. These so trust is quite a big thing. Uh, I think that's one of the things that we sort of see with any new technologies is there is a bit of a journey of trust and then figuring mm. out you know are we happy to rely on it? You know some of the initial um, dictation stuff. You know, if I'm blunt, Siri sucked for a long time, you know, when you sort of ask Siri questions, I'm afraid it's going to kick off in a second. But, um, you know, when we sort of the early stuff with Siri, it was just, you know, you just gave up on it because it was pretty, pretty unhelpful. Mm. More recently, it's become more helpful, right? And I think initially I just stopped using it. But more recently, I've started to use it more because actually, the you know, the evolution of the technology has gotten a lot better. And and so you're actually getting value that you feel like you can trust and rely on. So I think, I think ultimately a lot of the journey of the adoption of new technology sort of has an interesting pathway um, where you've got to get past the hype. You see all the stuff that's not so helpful and good. And then, you know, you kind of forge your way through some of that to eventually, if it's a good technology, it, it hangs around. It's actually useful in the long run. Yeah, um, sure. So, so some really, really good insights there, Mark, and it's, it's clear to see how passionate and, and knowledgeable you are of, of AI. But if you could summarize, I guess, three key insights or, or three key benefits of, of AI to, to our listeners, what would they be? Why? Off the, off the top of the head. Um, three key benefits. So look, I think, I think um, one of the things is definitely uh, in my own life, I'm seeing that uh, certain AI tools are definitely able to um, speed the way that you look at certain topics or get information. There's, there's no doubt that that's pretty good. For an example, you know, more recently, uh, whereas maybe if I was interested in some topic, I might do three or four Google searches and, you know, pull up some different things, go look at a bunch of websites and kind of explore a topic. More recently, I've sort of gone, okay, well, let's just ask ChatGPT about this topic and I get a bunch of stuff back. And that's quite interesting and useful and quite, you know, it aggregates all of a whole bunch of information on the net for me um some of the integrations with uh search engines now mean that it's not just trapped in time so it's not two years old data you know they're actually adding in um uh, more current search data into that mix uh to try and keep keep it uh, reasonably fresh so you know the speed at which you can access information and aggregate it i think is that's that's a huge plus right there i think you know every day i know i'm using a lot of ai tools for you know like your traffic stuff and your other things where it's you know, the, these ways in which it just provides insights into into your existence that help you out with, you know, with a lot of very basic things is, is pretty good. And I think that will continue uh, going forward. I think I think if I look at the, the flip side of that, the, the downsides, I think the hype will continue for a bit. And, uh, and I think that will kind of lead to, uh, you know, unrealistic expectations about what's possible, which I think will, will, will still be there a little bit. Um, 
I think also, as I said, it's really experimenting and understanding what the value is. So, so for instance, you know, I want to find out about, I think now I was actually did this just the other day, you know, I was looking at a particular topic and I was just like, tell me about this thing, right? Or this place, and get a whole lot of information back. That's really good. Um, the flip side is, is that, you know, the, the reality of, a, of a, the way a, a chat GPT works is that it gives you the best average answer. Right. It's taking a whole lot of data, putting it into a kind of a knowledge graph that when you ask it questions, it predicts based on all this empirical data what the best kind of average answer is to that. So that's okay if you're after average. What I would not do is want, and this is a personal thing, I'm sure there's plenty of students who are happy for this, but I would not want yeah. ChatGPT to write my essay because it's going to be an average essay. Now, people look at it and they go, wow, check that out. Look, at it. it built an essay. It's a great – no, it's not a great essay. It's an average essay. Um, it's a it's a derivative essay, right, based off just a whole lot of data and it's picked the best average kind of response. Uh, so, yes, if you're after mediocrity, use it for those purposes. But I don't think that's a good use of it. Like for me, I've tried this where I've gone, okay, I'm giving a talk somewhere. Let me let me see if ChatGPT has some more. What what do you think I say? And it comes back with a thing, and I go, okay, that's covers the territory, but that is boring as you know. I'm not <laughs> gonna, I'm not going to use that right because people will be snoozing or multitasking during my presentation. That to me is not an excellent presentation. I'm gonna I'm gonna maybe take that, but I'm gonna make some massive mods to it because I want to be interesting. I want to be insightful. I want to surprise people. ChatGP is not going to do that, right? What it'll do is give you average very quick and very thorough. That's If that's all you need for certain things, which it is, that's great. But for certain tasks, it's not going to be good enough or shouldn't yeah. be good enough. So I think I think that's where you, you know, as an individual, you're going to need to really assess the value of these tools. Now, if you're a lazy student who's just happy to cruise through and get ChatGPT to write your essays, Okay, but they'll be very average. And if that's all you're after, okay, great. But, you know, I think a lot of people aspire to be more than that. And the reality is, is that because of the nature of the way ChatGPT is created, it's never going to create Shakespeare or, uh, you know, any of the greats. Uh, it doesn't have that capacity. It could write in their style because it's slurped that in, but it can't create their works like them, right, because they were surprisingly interesting, different approaches to telling a story or doing a poem or a, a play and uh, often subversive or breaking tradition or doing interesting things, right? The great artists do these things. Now, ChatGPT is never going to do that. It, it's going to give you average. Yeah. So I think, I think again, you know, it's really understanding the technology enough to play around with it and realize what you're getting back and is it good enough for your, what you're trying to do. I'm not saying it isn't. I mean, I think sometimes good enough. If I'm searching, tell me something about Kent. It'll give me a whole lot of really good information. It'll give me all the average understanding really quickly, aggregated nicely. Boom, I don't need to go look at 10 Google sites to to get a, a, an understanding of everything I might want to know about Kent and ask it some other questions about it. Uh, it's going to give me that in a nice ready-made form, which is great. It's, it's not going to give me any crazy obscure theories about Kent. It's going to give me, you know, uh, pretty much the standard playback. Well, that's good. It's perfect. Um, but for some tasks, you probably don't want to use it that way. Mm. Mark, I've learned a hell of a lot today. That's uh, that's brilliant. Definitely um, putting a different lens on it and viewing it in different ways in the the future. So, no, we really appreciate you uh, you coming on. And one one question we always ask 
any guest on the podcast um, is future future guest. Um, and that's how obviously we, we got to you uh, today through uh, through Karen. And thank you, Karen, for inviting Mark onto the podcast. Um, who would you like to to listen to, Mark? And maybe someone that you've worked with in the past or someone that you've heard speak before um, that would be good on the on the Configure It Done podcast. Um, there there's a fellow I'm trying to remember his name now. Um, which sounds terrible, but I, I shared a lunch <laughs> with a with a with a with a fellow who's working in 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 the AI space around vision. And um and actually he 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 was the one who got me thinking a little bit more about about this whole thing of what you're actually getting out of these machines. And that was I thought it was a really good insight. And I think he would be he'd be quite an interesting uh, guest because I found him quite thoughtful. I'll dig his name out for you. Brilliant. Um because it's not coming rarely to my mind, but he would be a good he'd be a good one, I think, as uh, you know, this technology sort of being used in a very specific way uh, around um, around uh, vision and uh, vision analysis. You know, uh, I think is is the video analysis stuff is uh, being used in a number of ways. And one of the things we haven't talked much about is ethics um, uh, through here, but you know, clearly. These systems that are so heavily based on data are quite easily swayed by what that data looks like and how how that then gets pushed back out. And so we, you know, bias and a lot of unhealthy things are easily enough kind of demonstrated by by some of these systems if we're not careful. And I think then you know there's also other things around how, how do we want to use some of these systems? Um, you know, what are healthy ways for us as a society to um, to sort of think about? the use of things like video monitoring and you know as i said i've just been in london and you can't go very far without being on a camera somewhere now we look at that and we go that's an advantage you know there's some nice things that come with that but there's also some unhelpful unhealthy things that come with that and, you know and the philosophers have explored these uh, these topics is the the great pan- panopticon uh kind of um piece by bentham many years ago uh, that talks about this, you know, do we really want to be in a space where you're being constantly surveilled? Mm. You know, what does that, what does that do for us as people and as a society? Right. But, but definitely there's a lot of, I think one of the things that, that bothers me a bit is the the way that some of this technology is just um, being deployed without a lot of thought as to the impacts. Mm-hmm. And, and um, you know, as I said, uh, some of the big tech companies have done some amazing things in terms of innovation, but also some terribly unhealthy things. In terms of how these technologies play out, uh, in terms of the exploitation of private data, and and um, and a lot of things like that, you know, where we we I think we ought to be asking more questions, you know, you know and, and we haven't been. So, so I think um, I think those are good topics, and uh, this other fellow would be a good guy to talk to because he's he's working in at least one of those spaces where you know they're using a lot of um, data uh, off cameras and um, very useful in some ways. Be interesting to see what his insights are around um, some of the unhelpful things. Excellent, no problem. Well, we'll definitely follow up and get the name um, off you afterwards, and yeah, yeah that'll be a good uh, good podcast for sure. But but Mark, uh, really really appreciate you coming on, Chris. Thanks for inviting Mark on on today, and um, yeah. yeah, I'm sure we'll speak soon. No, it's thanks been good. Thank back. you guys. Appreciate it. Cheers, Mark. Please like, share, comment, and subscribe to the Configure It Done podcast.